a special program in living color on NBC. to the first Spud Goodman Radio Greats Special. Tonight, Spud and Chick pay tribute to some of the Northwest's most respected broadcasters in the way radio does best. Featuring Seattle Sonics announcer Kevin Calabro, radio DJ and producer Norman B., groundbreaking DJs Gary Crow and Mike West, and rock radio pioneer Pat O'Day. Plus, the music that made Northwest Radio great, and rounding off the evening's excitement, a few tunes from Spud's personal collection. Now, here are your hosts, Spud Goodman and Chick Hunter. Greetings. Welcome to a special episode of the Spud Goodman Radio Show. With me, as always, is my longtime co-host, Mr. Chick Hunter. And a gigantic, humongous hello to everyone out there in the great Northwest. Hey, could you maybe take it down a notch? Tonight we are presenting our Northwest Radio Great Show. We thought it would be a good idea to pay honor to a few of the on-air personalities that have made this area, over the years, a great place to crank up the radio Uh for entertainment. Now, of course... Times have changed radically, and that is reflected in the underlying tone of this episode. Yeah, times sure have changed, but That's an understatement. Like, only one of the guys featured tonight is still on the air five days a week, and that is just flat-out wrong. It's a sacrilege, and I can say honestly, I listened to everyone on the show tonight over the years. They were important to more than just me. They were important to a lot of people. Yeah, well, none of them are dead yet, so we oh. can't make this awake or anything. Oh. Why don't we start out with some music from a true artist, Mr. Bill Engelhart? He hails from Tacoma, Washington, and his band, Little Bill and the Blue Notes, released in June of 1959 their national top ten hit. Here is I Love an Angel. I still like this song. Well, I love an angel, but does she love me? Well, I'll never know, and I'll never be free from this infatuation. Lives inside of me I love an angel But does she Does she love me Well I met this angel A long time ago She said that she loved me Never let me go Our love has gone astray I love this angel To my dying day
Before we bring on our first guest, I think we should really play another song from one of the Northwest pioneer rock bands. They also hailed from Tacoma, Washington, and this band's music later was heard around the globe. I am referring to, of course, the fabulous Whalers, and here is a cut they released in 1959, Dirty Robber. They absolutely raised the bar for garage bands, didn't they, Spud? Most definitely. So the man who ruled the radio dial in the Northwest starting in the 1960s was and is a great visionary who realized rock music in this region was something to treasure and share with the world. As he later became the de facto godfather of Northwest rock, his time at KJR remains the greatest example of total market domination. I mean, sure, there were plenty of competitors, both in rock and plenty of easy listening options, but if you were under 25, KJR was the place to park your transistor to day and night. Please welcome a true radio legend, Mr. Pat O'Day. Nine minutes away from five in the jet city, and 
What did I do wrong? You Jeff in Chicago. Oh, this is part of the air step. Hold it, stop. This is so neat. This is a guy that used to work at KJR. Back it up. Go ahead. People never heard it backwards. Oh, that's all right. That's groovy. This is truth anymore. All right, go ahead. Well, hi there. Hi. This is Jerry Kay from WCFL in Chicago. I was part of the air staff here in Seattle from 1963 to 1965. Anyway, I've been asked to say that this station marks their 50th anniversary celebration with a fantastic fireworks display on Lake Washington. And if I may take a few more moments to reminisce, I'd like to say that those years at KRJ, is that right, uh, were some of the happiest of my life. And my best wishes to the entire staff and manager of KRJ. Uh, by the way, has uh, anyone ever heard from uh, Jim Sims, uh, Tom Larson, J. Walter Beethoven, uh, Lee Perkins, uh, John Stone? Uh, Mike Phillips, Doc Downey, J.J. Uh, Valley, uh, what about all... Jimmy Rabbit, uh, Larry Lujak, uh, Superstar, Doc <laughs> uh, Bolin. They all bought it while diving for abalone into the Fauntleroy Ferry Dock, you may recall. In any event, uh, Jerry, it's nice having you back on. Uh, just hearing your voice triggers memories of all-time rating lows when you were on our staff. We... We remember those occasional slumps we enjoyed while you were here, but we loved you. Washington State Unemployment remembers you. Welcome back. P.M. on the Pacific Northwest, 4th of July, 1983. The following is produced and presented by Labatt's Beer and radio station KYYX-FM Seattle. In just a few moments, the skies over the Everett, Washington waterfront will be illuminated by a giant fireworks show. This fireworks show has been choreographed and synchronized as this radio station presents the history of America's favorite music, rock and roll. Rock and roll has actually been with us a very long time. In fact, you might say it started with a young German by the name of Ludwig von Beethoven. Beethoven was the first to really break the rules of music in a major way. At the time, people thought that Beethoven was unmannered, that his music was excessively loud and wild. It was Beethoven that can be held responsible for what followed because it was Ludwig von Beethoven who challenged the norms with his individual and very human expression through his music. You might say that Beethoven was the fur world's first rock and roll star. We salute Beethoven and rock and roll. Please welcome a true radio legend, Mr. Pat O'Day. All right. Well, thank you. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Of course, I know that of voice. course we had to do that for you. Say hello to my co-host, though, Mr. Chick Hunter, Pat. Uh, I had a little trouble hearing you because I'm... On my cell phone. Okay, but, I got you. Uh, anyway, delighted to be on your show. What happened to me since all that stuff happened? Well, I don't know. Well, We're going to get into that. But say hello to my co-host, Chick Hunter, though. He's right here. He's been wanting to talk to you. Yeah. 
Oh, I want to hear his voice. Can you say my name, Chick Hunter? That would be great. I remember, I love KOL, KJ, back in the 60s, all the AM stuff. So really KJR. Cool. KJR. Yeah, yes. KJR. You yes. know, Thank you. Get that KOL stuff out of your Gosh. system. Uh, I'll, I'll kick his butt after the show. Hey, I, I know that you worked mostly alone uh, on the air, and uh, given your immense success in the radio business, I've given a lot of thought to following your path to stardom. It's possible that I made a bad decision you know, to go with the co-host route. What do you think? Well, I think that uh, radio, uh, it doesn't matter whether you're by yourself or whether you're with a team, radio is, uh, the secret to radio is talking to one person. Mm -hmm. uh, if you try and talk to everybody, you talk to nobody. But if you're talking to one person out there that's listening, then you score. And then you couple that, of course, with your near genius IQ mm -hmm. and your gotcha. sense of humor. I hear you. And, uh, you know, you've got a home run. All right, very cool. Do you write? Are you taking notes, Chick? Take I am. Notes. We probably only have one person. Guy's listening. a genius. Hey, hey, when you started out in the radio business years ago, did you ever think that the business would get taken over by the suits to this degree? I mean, when you were at KJR, did the corporate people mess with you? I bet you had fun coming to work, right? Uh, I got to tell you, Lester Smith and Danny Cave, the entertainer, owned KJR, mm -hmm. and uh, they made me the program director in '61. And then the general manager of KJR and KSW in 69. And through the whole thing, Lester Smith said to me, he said, Pat, I respect your judgment and uh, your wisdom. And he said, you do what you think is right. If you have a question about something that you think could get you in trouble, then ask me. But other than that, they left me alone. And I was able to engineer, you know, one of the great radio stations of all time because I hired totally talented people and said that every day has got to be exciting, fresh, and new. So you were not only the voice, the face of the station, you were also the suit. So that's pretty cool. Now, I'm the only person I've ever known was the suit and was the man. You can always yell at yourself. Well, well it's, uh, it worked out okay. I, I think uh, so. Because in the end, you know, what is it? It's entertain the audience, get big ratings, and if you do that, and if you can do simple math, uh, everything takes care of itself. You hire a great sales manager, and, you know, it's not the dark side of the moon. Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, as popular as you were at KJR, you had enormous power deciding what bands that you thought, uh, you know, deserved promotion. You were a kingmaker is what I'm trying to say here. You were a major factor in some of the biggest acts in this area and helped them break out of this market. Like my top all-time favorite Northwest band, the Sonics. You know, they can still rock as oh, hard yeah. as anyone in the business. So I'm going to tell you, I want to ask this big question. Is there any band that you maybe passed on there and later regretted? Uh, no, never regretted. Gosh, young guys that were dedicated to their art and their music and and uh, and energetically. And you, ne you never know when they're going to get the big hit. You never know when that magic moment's going to happen. For some, it doesn't. For some, it does. But uh, you never regret helping out young musicians because they are artists. They are painters. They paint with their instruments. They paint with their voices. And you've got to hang their paintings up if you can and let people see them. Well, was there anybody that maybe you 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 uh, passed on that la that that later you, th you went back and maybe hmm, maybe I maybe I should have? Is there anybody at all from that era? Uh, golly, you know I had a policy. Um, I would hold music meetings with all the record promoters in town, mm -hmm. all in the room, mm -hmm. and we would listen to the new music and try to make sure that we didn't overlook something that uh, that had it. And as a result, we discovered some neat things, like uh, a Wooly Bully by Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs. You broke I, that? Uh, 
Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, I was sitting with Tom Moffat, who ran Boy in Honolulu, and uh, we were listening to new records that had just come into the mail, and we put that thing on, that and I said, you know, that is just so strange and so great. I think that's that's a money maker. We put it on the air that afternoon, and of course, it it uh, went straight to the sky. Good call on that one. Hey, yeah. hey uh, this question's from David Brenneman, our audio director and our Northwest broadcast historian. Uh, this this is kind of in the weeds here, but in, in conjunction with the '62 World's Fair, an LP album was released. Seattle, the Seattle Beat, on Seafair Records, and the bands included the Saints, Myron Hinkle, and the Blue Banjo Boys. Many of them were Dixieland style jazz bands but was this really the seattle beat in, in 1962 and how difficult was it to overcome that perception uh no that wasn't the seattle beat seattle was already at the cutting edge of grunge the whalers the yeah. sonic yes the rock and roll bands that were playing my dances you know i was running about 50 dances a week across the state spanish castle and, uh, keeping keeping bands busy and uh and uh, they were cutting-edge, hard guitar edges, uh, screeching great vocals from Rockin' Robin Roberts and Gail Harris, and, and, uh, and uh, nope, uh, they, that, whatever that album is, uh, I don't think anybody knew about it except the guys who played on it. Gotcha. You know, uh, you really did create the Seattle sound, did you not? Let's just be real about this. Well... I'm talking no. about I'm talking about what broke later, much much later. But you did. I mean, you you brought it. I, I, I use the analogy of giving birth to it, whatever way you want to use it. So, but you know, I understand what I'm saying. Well, it was just a combined effort. Uh, uh, I felt like uh, uh, our listening audience uh, benefited, uh, the young musicians benefited, and the radio station benefited by having fun and exploring new things together and promoting that which looked like it had appeal and so you know we did uh, lots of concerts and dances and battles of the bands mm -hmm. and and uh, we were willing to gamble on a new act he's too well, modest as, as the one true voice of the golden age of seattle radio do you yourself ever still listen to seattle terrestrial radio anymore because i mean if michael jordan didn't own the charlotte bobcats i really doubt he'd be going to any games or watching them on on the tube so do you do you listen at all still well, yes, I do, and I listen to so many times in great disgust. Yep, I uh, hear you. Uh, you know, they've just turned uh, the radio industry into your little iPod, and uh, they think they win by playing uh, more music in an hour than anybody else. Uh, you know, you had a shooting at the Navy Yard in Washington, D.C. a couple of days ago. You listen to a music station. They don't mention it. You would never know it happened. Now, how stupid can you get? You're supposed to be the listener's companion. You're supposed to keep them informed. Talk to no, us. we don't do that because, you know, we uh, whatever. And uh, so I find radio, although I listen uh, critically, and I listen to talk radio a lot. Mm -hmm. Talk radio is kind of saving the industry in many cases. But um, I, I find uh, the corporate-run music stations to be, uh, I spell the word with a D, disgusting. I'm with you. How about you, a capital D, That's too. That's right. Hey, what's been the how, most memorable? How about, how about the how about this one? Yeah. How about a station that says it's an oldie station that would never play a Willie Nelson or never play a Ray Charles or never play a Ronnie Millsap? You know, why? Well, that's country. You know, that that's, that's brain dead. That's what that is. 
Man, just no thought goes into it. That's the problem. I, uh, well stated. I can't. I I can't say anything further than that. But so I'm going to hit you with the most memorable moment question. Uh, and I know you've had, have a billion of them. Uh, what's been your most memorable moment in the uh, radio industry? What's the what? Your most memorable moment as uh, as Pat O'Day, the radio legend, the god. I mean, let's face it. You're the man. So any particular situation just jump out at you that as your most memorable oh, moment. Oh, memorable moment. Yes, uh, I was. Uh, I ran into the newsroom with my newsman to help cover after, after, right after the Kennedy assassination. That's a memorable moment. All right. uh, another memorable moment, uh, uh, when the Beatles made their first visits because they were such a phenomenon. Um, other memorable moments? Oh, I guess when I was uh, running, when I owned the station in Honolulu, and my great morning star, Lan Roberts, had a great yeah. idea. The late Lan Roberts, right. he had gone to he'd gone to Planned Parenthood. He came up with an idea, and it talked them into buying him a thousand condoms, and uh, with a truck filled with condoms that were filled with air, and two thousand dollars in one hundred dollar bills that I contributed. They took the truck up to the Poly Pass, the mountain among, uh, between the windward and the leeward side of of the island of Oahu, and they released them into the air. And, of course, people had heard about the promos on the station, and they were running all over town looking for condoms floating through the air to see if they could find one that contained the $100. Now, isn't that a great... That's a pretty cool story. Um, we it, should try that. Um, hey, Pat, before I let you go, i got to ask you, are you still involved uh, with the Shikshadal treatment program? Oh, I certainly am. I'm heavily involved. And, you know, we're now published as the most successful treatment in the United States. We're batting over 70% long-term sober after that 10-day treatment. And I'm so proud to be a part of that. That's pretty cool. If I ever do develop a drinking problem, could you, like, pull some strings and get me in there? Because I, mean, I don't really like the taste of alcohol right now, but just in case I start to like wine coolers or something, I don't if know if ever, I'd be that weirded out. I wouldn't be weirded out, excuse me. If I knew you were involved, I could go there and I'd feel okay. If you develop a drinking problem, I'll take a string, wrap it around your neck, and drag you in. All right. And oh, I'll there take you go. pictures. Well, Pat, I got to tell you, I so much appreciate you making time for us tonight. You think down the line we could call you back and maybe check back with you? You may call me back anytime, sir. Huh. Well, you, you touched me. All right. That's Mr. Pat O'Day, Radio God. Let's just leave it at that. Thank you so much. Thank you. I cannot move on from this era without recognizing yet one more Tacoma band that a number of music historians have identified as maybe the first punk band in the world. As you may have heard me say on this show more than a few times, they are one of my all-time favorites, and their live shows today are just as edgy and powerful as they were 50 years ago. Here are the Sonics with a live cut of The Witch.
As the 80s gave way to the 90s, there was a duo who carved out their niche in the Northwest rock music market, Crow and West. They were destination radio for thousands of listeners each day as they provided a massive amount of funny stuff, Monday through Friday. Also, I was reading a musician, uh, John Cougar Mellencamp, says this is, in his eyes, his worst album. No kidding. But it's his biggest album. Do you know that already? 12 inches at least. Big Daddy, John Cougar Mellencamp, 722 KXRX. Mariners beat the Blue Jays yesterday, and Greg LeMond wins the Tour de France. You uh, watch that? He was incredible. The guy's been sick. He like shot. He was shot in a hunting accident. Uh, they said he'd never write again. Not only that, he won. And we're on the line with uh, Greg LeMond's doctor, who has treated him for various ailments. Good morning. Is this uh, Toulouse Lafitte? <coughs> yes, sir. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning live at KXRX. Uh, he has been a sick man as of late. Can you uh, tell us some of the ailments that uh, Greg has suffered from? Of course, he had a broken leg last year, and right. of course he got shot and. Uh, before that, and he had appendectomy. Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm treating him for uh, yellow fever, what? <clears throat> uh, jock itch, uh, poison ivy, mm. uh, hemorrhoids. Uh, mm. He's got a bad case of piles. Oh, uh, the athlete's feet, eczema, uh, oh, and butt boils. Butt oh. boils were just hanging hell on him yesterday. Oh, yeah. uh, glaucoma, he's got in an ear infection, oh. uh, bunions, mm. uh, yeast infection. And, uh, and bad breath, but uh, as, uh, as we say over in, in Paris, uh -huh. uh, having halitosis is better than having no breath at all. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, oui. Dr. Lafitte, for uh, your time. Thanks a lot. Mon monsieur. Uh, yes, and you too. Mm, yow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right, yow. then. And uh, still one. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Those butt boils pedaling. Oh, it's got to hurt. It was averaging like 30 miles an hour. Hit that bump. 7.35, Crow and West this morning. Still to come, uh, boy, Bonnie Raitt, huh? What a show. Also, Queen and Beatles Rarity in a minute or so. More with Gary Crow and Mike West when the Spud Goodman Northwest Radio Greats special returns in just a moment. <laughs> You're listening to the Spud Goodman Northwest Radio Greats Special. Gary Crow has always been very nice to us, Spud. Is that why you're having him on this special? Nah. If he wasn't really good at what he does, I, I couldn't have gotten away with it. No, he is, as of today, the only one on this episode that's still on the air five days a week. Gary can be found at KZOK 102.5, 10 to 2 p.m., Monday through Fridays. Well, I was just curious. You aren't putting anyone on this who is rude to us over the years, are you? I am a professional. I did ask one guy who was rude to us, but it's not about us, okay? It's not? No. 
Uh, of course, he didn't respond to our request again, so I guess he doesn't care for us. Let's just no biggie. I, I can deal with it. I mean, sure, I shed a few tears, but we're tough, right? I mean, we'll get we'll get over it, you know. Anyway, right now, let's hear what Gary Crow has to say. Okay, Spud. But between you and me, someone might have placed a mail escort ad on Backpage with his phone number on it, but that's not verified, and, you know, that's off the record. Let's roll this segment. Okay, as they say, he's on the line. Let's, who, we, who's let's who's check. Mr. Gary Crow of KZOK, uh, 102.5 Radio in Seattle, Washington. And then whose show, I believe, is on Monday through Fridays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Gary, are you there? You Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Spud, hey. good to hear your voice. I was trying to recall the last time that I came down and I was on your show. It was back in the 80s for sure, but, uh, you Late. know, always a treat and a treatment. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. You do remember us, though, right? Yes, absolutely. All yeah, right, I, right. I used to watch you guys a lot, and uh, I thought that was so cool uh, that the city of Seattle gave that format for people to just come on and do whatever they wanted. I, I just love that. Yeah, I know. And we, you know, when we went legit, and uh, we are, well, we went to KTZZ, and then we later went to that. Got a, actually, believe it or not, we got like a Foxnet deal. I it was a one in a million. They didn't even know who. I don't think they even knew who they signed up when we started it. But my point is, we did. Yeah, we got our start basically. You know, we yeah, had, yeah. when when we left, they changed all the rules and said, oh, "Can't have that no more." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. That ain't going down. Okay, well, but it, you know, it's been. It was when you came in the studio. You came in a couple times with with Mike, Mike West, and I believe off off. Also, Officer Groinman also joined me. us. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm having breakfast with, uh, oh, wait a minute. No, we're doing dinner tonight with Officer Groinman, who still has that uh, 18 inches of black hickory. He just Heck can't yeah. seem to shake his nightstick. But yeah. uh, we're having dinner with him. I'll that you would bring uh, Officer Groinman up. But uh, we're doing that tonight around 6 o'clock. So, yeah, still stay in touch with the old cronies, Mike West. And, you know, before that, Bob Hovains, it was uh, CNH, mm-hmm. and then it was Langan and West, and then we did the, the Leave It to Beavers and the Mr. Bruce's Neighborhoods. And, you know, it, it's kind of a nice parallelism with what you did on the TV side because that era for not just TV but also for radio uh, was so much a la carte, uh, free form, mm-hmm. but good. You know, it, it, was, it, was, it was good humor and it was... Um, you know, good fun, not just somebody out there, you know, throwing up shtick. So yeah, well, uh, your radio. Beaver, I'm sorry, but your beaver bits uh, live on because I have to listen to Chick 24 seven, and I think he's going to jump in now. Yeah, Gary, yeah. Mama's still got that pearl necklace, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, and I don't feel too good. Up you know, the sta- thing about the Leave It to Beavers, where you know, oh Lord, and everybody could do those voices and i think that's why that has been around so long it's really tragic that we didn't save a lot of that but langan and west kind of had a falling out and Mm. you know john's one of the most brilliant minds i ever met Mm -hmm. Uh, you know he was able to write just off the cuff stuff like that and so it was so much fun doing the leave it to beavers because we'd uh, Wednesday, you know, we'd roll up a fat chubby and we'd go in the studio and, and crank out one, and then those were there on Thursday and Friday. But so many people ask me about the old Leave it to Beavers, mm-hmm. and some guy was putting those together and was supposedly putting up a site 
Uh, of course, I never followed through on it. He said, "Can I? Can I? Will you sign off?" And I said, "Sure," because I did Eddie Haskell and Lumpy and and all the odd voices. Uh, but some guy supposedly has found most of those and uh, is going to post them. So very cool. Uh, I don't know if. Yeah, I don't know if it would be good to listen to them back or not, but boy, people sure remember them. No, we we would definitely. I I, I absolutely know Chick will be uh, be putting those on a loop. So uh, up the stairs, <laughs> beaver the dog. You know, uh, we're kind of starting to be on in a few other markets around the country, but this question, what I'm going to hit you with, is kind of universal nationally and just in terms of local radio and kind of it going the way of the dinosaur you know or whatever extinct species we want to throw out well, is there any hope at all for any comeback of local radio anywhere you know i think uh, that's a very good question and i think it will always be because no matter where you live you love to get into your car and at least tune in to your area and know what's going on you know there so in that aspect i i think it will survive and no matter what delivery system you use whether it's satellite or radio or ipods or casts or whatever you know like you guys know and are doing you still need talent you know you need the not just filler you need the talent and by whatever means that gets delivered you know, so be it is kind of how I looked at it. I did a, uh, still do the Psychedelic 60s show, and I syndicated that show mm-hmm. uh, for three years. And, and that was a really fun experience because of the, of the format of the show and the music and the trivia, etc. However, what I missed was not being able to reach out, you know, to all those people that listened to the show coast to coast because it was, of course, pre-taped. Right. So therein, I guess, kind of lies the conundrum right of mm-hmm. yeah okay here's a show and 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 people listen to it and they like it but that ability to connect and and to do it live you know that that can never go away at least in my mind all right yeah because it seems like it's gone the way of driving movie theaters because you are you are you what who you and who but who else has that's put in the time is still on the air i mean who else you who and name somebody in this market um Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Move, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Yeah, it's sad to say, but there's not a... And I sat here and, you know, when when from 2008 on, I was watching, you know, three, four people go a week, and it right. was brutal. Right. It was just absolutely brutal, um, and I, somehow I dodged uh, the bullet, but... You know, the people didn't go away. They're still there. Everybody's there. And uh, I know corporate radio still making 9% on the dollar. Uh, I'm lucky to be with CBS, which is a very unique company. You know, it's Mel Parmesan's old company, and now right. Dan Mason runs it. And Dan was a great air personality in his own right. So they still get it. They still get that talent quotient of radio. And thank God for me, I'm with that company because if I was with Clear Channel or. Right. Uh, intercom or whoever else that don't you know embrace that you know i'd I'd be gone i know mel mel i don't know the guy obviously but i know he he hooked on to howard and he knew he knew how to work that and 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 market him and so i mean yeah i mean i guess you maybe you are fortunate i wasn't aware of the corporate structure that you were under but yeah beelzebub radio yeah um, hey, yeah, and, 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 you know, and, and quickly, Howard, I mean, have you ever talked with Howard? You, you, you know, you'd love him. I mean, Howard, 
is an amazing person and and really a, a great guy and uh, you know a master obviously yes. yes at his style of radio but yeah you should have Howard on uh, sometime because he doesn't mince words and he's got a completely different take uh, on that obviously because he you know went to satellite right but, right. Know, uh, yeah. Well, um, you're working at a classic rock station now, and I, is, my question to you is, do you ever want to throw on something brand new just to see if anyone's going to notice, maybe a death metal or a 27-minute electric jam, electronic jam, excuse me, something just to keep people on their toes? What do you think? Yeah, we still do that. It's called, uh, we call it Now and Then. So, now and you then. know, we'll play something brand new from the Stones, and, you know, that was now, this was then, and then okay. back it up with Jumpin' Jack Flash or whatever. Uh, what I'm pushing for, and, uh, you know, because the station does so well, we were number one 6-plus, 12-plus, uh, and 25 to 54, so KZOK is uh, in a unique uh uh, envelope. We I know you're uh, kicking ass. For whatever I know. reason, yeah, I know. It's, it's it's really good. So I'm trying to push more. Even for me, you know, I want to hear more because I grew up with with uh, Kurt Novoselic and uh, you know Dave Grohl is one of my best friends. So I want to see a little bit of Nirvana. Yes. You know, a little bit of Alice in Chains, a little bit of that. And I think I'm that close. I mean, you know, we're coming up on 2014. So I think Kerry Curlop, who's the best PD I've ever worked for, I, I think he's finally going, okay, let's just try it, right? Try it once and, and don't push it too much. But uh, I always made my bones by pushing the, uh, the envelope. So I'd like to see that happen at Casey, okay? And, and I think the fans would embrace it. Yeah, uh, I, can, yeah. I, can I think this this market, I think there's a decent chance. You know, I think you're on the money on this one. So Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, your time slot's right after Danny Bonaducci's. Uh, is he really yeah. messy like we're, we're thinking? Does he leave crap all over the studio? <laughs> he seems a little like Pigpen. <laughs> You'd love him. Uh, what you hear with Danny is exactly what you get. Uh, and he's one of my best friends. And uh, when he came to KZOK, he knew everything uh, about me and the radio station. Very well prepared, uh, almost to the point of obsessive. Um, and it took him that period of, you know, the, the old Philadelphia Danny was screaming at you. And like the third week uh, he came in and he goes well and i said danny Dana, quit screaming at me right this is seattle i said you know just take it nice and easy because he has a unique voice he has a uh kind of a uh alec baldwin type of voice it's it's a different voice and his is real grating so it can grate on you and when he screams it really grades on you and then you're gone so you know he said thank you he said he said that I get it. And, and the next week he started doing that, and not because of that, but it was such a small part of his radio show, but by keying back and relaxing a little bit, that's when Danny's ratings went through the roof. And uh, he has, that says a lot about him, being able to take a critique from somebody or anybody and actually follow through on it. But you would love him and uh, i'll try and get him on the show for you he's he's really busy he does a lot he you know he, he does a lot of tv and a lot of things on the side but uh he's just wonderful i mean everything about him is wonderful he's, he's never one of those i'd lay down for you type of guy wow but he's never taken a swing at you for taking his parking space or anything <laughs> no. All right. no. All right. All right. He's good. You know, he rides. He rides motorcycle. Yeah, he's cool. You'd like him. All right. That's okay. All right. Well, we'll give him a buzz. Yeah. I, I thought he would have been yeah. driving a bus. Doesn't he still have that bus? 
No, I, I don't think, think so. so. You know, he bought a really cool house up on Queen Anne. It's uh, a green uh, house. That, you, know, it, it, you know, everything solar, etc., and it's really top top of the drawer. But I don't know about the bus. You know, I, I know he's got, he drives a little Fiat 500, and, of course, he rides, and he's got uh, a Harley Sportster. Uh, wow. And married to a really great gal that's, you know, quite a bit younger than him. And... Uh, Good you for know, her. They're, they're a great. They're, yeah. How how does that ever they're work, great. man? It's never worked for me. I just anyway. Maybe I will be talking to him. Yeah. Write this down. We're calling that guy. Damn. All right. Uh, so so Gary, hit me with your most memorable moment to this point in radio because you know your career is rather storied and it's you could pull out tons, but give me one. I think uh, the the Billy Idol interview was you know all time classic. I mean that ended up on Entertainment Tonight and uh, tell us about you know, it. Where Billy. Uh, well, every other word was, you know, fuck. Uh, you know, I like to fuck a lot of women, and, uh, you know, I come to town, and I and I come to play, but, you know, I really want to fuck a lot of... And he kept saying that word, and I'm looking at Mike West, and Mike's, you know, you know, going, oh, my God. And I remember the record promoter guy came in, uh, 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 Nesbitt, and said, God, thank God you've got a kill switch. And I said, I don't have a kill switch. <laughs> and he goes, my God, that went over the air. And I said, yeah, every bit of it. And... So Steve West was our manager, and he came back, and he, you know, uh, you know, they should hit the fan, but we got more publicity out of that interview. And Billy was kind of, he was looking at me smiling through the whole thing. So I think he thought I had a kill button, but I didn't. And you know, that was one of the more memorable uh, moments, uh, especially at KISW, because, uh, you know, <laughs> He was all over the shop, and every other word he was talking about, you know, fucking, and I just let it roll. I thought, well, you know, this is a moment. This is one of those moments. And then he apologized, and we ran that, and we got calls from Entertainment Tonight. Stern called. I was on his show about it. So cool. that was one of those moments when, you know, here comes a guy, and, you know, he, he just started the solo career, and he comes in, and Rebel Yell was out there. It was going through the, the roof, and... So, you know, here's a guy I didn't know anything about. He just kind of, we started talking. So, yeah. yeah. Chick, it, did you get this? Did you I, write I did. this down? Yeah. We're, you, you're in charge of this. Book a musician that can toss the F word around. Because <laughs> damn, do we need the help. Yeah, but we have a kill switch, but it's on my microphone. Yeah, that's right. It is. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to let you go on this. But before I do, I want to ask your long-term goals. That's my one of my big questions. All right. What's your well, long-term, long-term goals? Term- my long-term goals? Yes. Besides dinner with Groenman. <laughs> well, I've been lucky, so lucky in my life, because this is 40, 44th year doing radio. is coming up next year. So I've been blessed to be able to go in and do something that has never, ever been work to me. Uh, it's, it's fun, and it still is. Uh, and I'll continue to do that. Uh, until it's and not fun anymore and so probably another year or two but you know i've been lucky i've saved my money i got a production company on the side i do a lot of voice work and i got a great woman uh i got a you nice got everything R8. gary you got everything Show yeah off. so what more do you need in life right damn so uh i i don't i don't really have any more long-term goals other than when i call it quits in radio we'll probably uh you know 
travel a little bit. There you go. I'll write right. that down. Yeah, write travel. that one down, too. All right, well, I want to tell you, uh, Mr. Gary Crow from KZOK, let me give you your slot again, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., 102.5 on the radio dial in Seattle, Washington. And for those on satellite, you guys you guys got a feed there, right? You guys got a feed on the Internet? Yeah, sure. Okay, for yeah, those on KZOK.com. Okay, there we go. All right, Gary, I'm going to let you go. I know you got to go do something more important than this, so just take it easy and uh, stay in touch, would you? Hey, Spartan, it's great being on the show anytime. I, I, I love to talk to you guys, and the best of luck, man. I mean that from the bottom of the heart. You're too well, kind. That, thank you very much. Take care. You too. Tell me why you cried and why you lied to me. So this brings us to the other half of this radio duo, Mr. Mike West, who currently hosts the most popular weekend show on the radio dial in this market. I am referring to Breakfast with the Beatles each Sunday morning on KZOK. Okay. I usually never miss it because he plays a lot of deep cuts in the obscure Beatles stuff and not just the hits all the time, which are good too. Right. Well, let's roll the damn thing and let him speak for himself. Here is one talented dude, Mr. Mike West. It's Leave It to Beaver 1980. Hello, Mother. I'm home. I say, I'm home. Mother, that's nice, dear. Mom, where's Beaver? Uh, dear, you're Beaver and you're right here. If you see him, tell him I'll be upstairs in his room waiting for him. Hello, Joe. Hello, dear. Have a nice day. Well, Ward... I'm concerned that Beaver is getting a little lonely. Uh -huh. Do you think maybe we could talk to Wally and they could spend a little more time together? Certainly, dear. I remember as a boy. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. I'm home. Hello, Wally. Hello, dear. Wally, your mother and I would like you to spend a little more time with the Beaver. Maybe take him to a matinee or something. Dad, Beaver's 36 years old. I'm going to go wash up for supper. <laughs> Wally? Can we play some? Beaver, I'm 42 years old. I'm too old to play games, and you are too. Wally. Yeah. Remember when we have pillow fights like this? Yeah. Beaver, don't hit yourself. That's not a pillow. That's the typewriter. Beaver, you little fruitcake, you knocked yourself cold. Mom and Dad, Beaver just got knocked out. You better come upstairs. Wally, sprinkle some water on him. He's coming, too. Oh, oh. Well, hello, mother and father. It's me, Theodore Cleaver, your son. Wallace, my eldest brother, and I were playing, and I had been hitting the head with an electric typewriter. Beaver, your voice. Lord. June, I'm as amazed as you are. Yes, Mr. Cleaver and Mrs. Cleaver, sometimes a blow to the head, much like the one I received, can cause a complete reversal in one's innermost personality. Wally, what happened? Well... He just hit himself with the typewriter like this. Ouch. I say, ouch, Mom and Dad. I don't feel too good. <laughs> hey, Mom, this is fun. Every time he hit the little goofy, he changes personalities. I'm going upstairs to my bedroom where I reside. Yes, horseplay can be dangerous, as you can see. I don't feel too good. Yes, mother and father, I have had better moments to be sure. I feel I have a concussion caused by getting... Soaked in my noggin. June, June, if we hit him one more time and leave him that way, 
He'll sound normal, intelligent, and we'll be Ward, how could you? Well... Mom, Beaver's getting this big dent on the side of his head. Oh, no. Ward, what do we do? I suppose we call a doctor immediately, June. Dad, let me call Eddie, and he can bring over a crowbar instead. He'd like to get a load of this. Wally! Just kidding, Dad. Beaver to Beaver 1980, a Squadmaster's presentation. Spud, 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 spud. There's, there's a call. There's a call. You got to take it? Uh, you know who it is? I'm only taking if it's Mr. Mike West. It is. All right, uh, Mike, are you on the line? Yes, is this Spike? No, it's not Spike. I wish not. I'd much rather have his career. No, this is Spud Goodman. Uh, oh, yeah. well, that changes everything. I know it does. It, I hear you. Is, is Chick there, there though? Is, yeah, Chick's If here. Chick is there, then I'm cool. All right, he's here. Thank you, Mike. Uh, okay, all right. Then, then we'll talk. All right, I'm speaking with Mike West, host of Breakfast with the Beatles, each Sunday morning on KZOK 102.5 in the Northwest, and obviously aware, uh, also available uh, online around the world. Uh, oh, Mike, yeah. I know you're fairly modest, but your days with, uh, with Gary Crow, for one, on the radio were some of the funniest uh, radio ever done in this market. Uh, you set the bar pretty high. You really well, sort of, you're very delusional, and I thank you must, for that. It was must-hear radio. Yeah, it really was. Uh, and, you know, my co-host, Chick Hunter, still does some of your stuff unsolicited from time to time. He, he just kind of <laughs> rambles off into some of your bits. Uh, I can't help it. Do, yeah. Do you find yourself breaking into beaver bits during the day when, you're, when your mind drifts a little? Not bits, just beaver. Oh, um, well, there you go. No, it, uh, it's weird that you say that, fellas, because... Uh, at least once a week, and, and granted, it's been like as long as the Beatles broke up or something. I, I get emails from people saying, you know, where can I get that stuff? You should sell it. And, well, yeah. I think uh, somebody put a bunch of them on YouTube, and it's hilarious to read the comments. I mean, Mother Teresa could post a video on YouTube, and people would say, fuck you! You know? Yep, yep. Uh, but, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I still, I, I don't actually break into the voice or anything, but if somebody asks me, I'll, I'll oblige, I guess, because, you know, it's... That's pretty cool that people still remember that stuff. It was a long time ago. Uh, they they remember it. Uh, could you do like uh, three and a half seconds of, of the beef? Uh, let's see. What? Uh, I guess the now you'll have to. Uh, see, uh, the secret was um, we had a reel to reel deck tape deck back then. You know, uh-huh. and they had we were all analog, of course. So right. I I decided that just to make them sound more bizarre, I would uh, manually run the tape deck. That's how we did it. Uh-huh. So I would record the boys. And then we go back and re-record it onto another deck, making it wa- warble. So it's like, oh, I don't feel too good. That kind of yeah, thing. You did that but without technology right there. Weirder. You just did that on your own. Up those stairs, beaver the dog. Yeah, uh, I have to deal with that every day. Uh, up them stairs, beaver the dog. Yeah. Dueling yeah, beaver and his dead dog. I remember dragging a giant box up and down the stairs of uh, KISW. And we had a cassette deck with a really nice microphone trailing behind it, so we could. T- we always made our own sound effects, which was pretty cool too. I don't know if anybody does that crap anymore. I don't think so. I, I yeah, I really doubt that. Um, hey, as an auto of comedy, who are some of your influences when you were were really cranking it out day after day after day? Oh, back then, oh man, I would say um, I don't know if you remember the National Lampoon Radio Hour. Mm-hmm. It was uh, in Toronto. Uh, Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and a bunch of people that ended up either uh, Second City or Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Or both. And KISW, ironically, used to run that show. It was um, right. I think it was sponsored by Boone's Farm Appleberry Wine. Mm-hmm. Boone's Farm, Boone's Farm Appleberry Wine. Yeah. 
So anyway, I used to listen to that, and they're actually, uh, maybe I even stole the voice because I had this guy, it was um, Flash Basbo. Flash Basbo, Space Explorer. And then it was, um, he, he kind of talked like Beaver, and so maybe that's where that came from. I don't know. But yeah, that was, because it was real theater of the mind, cool mm-hmm. stuff on the radio, and you know. Back in high school, that was that was the bomb for me. I, so. I have vague memories of things from back then. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> me yeah, too. Really? Um, hey, you, uh, Gary Crow, and Officer Groinman visited our the lovely TCI studios when we were doing our show a couple many years. Oh ago. man, I remember that so well. Yep. That was such a blast and such an honor to be well, uh, <laughs> on right. cable TV with you guys. Right. But did you ever get written up shit. by your program director or anything for coming by, or could you do anything you wanted to do in those days? Oh, say that again. I didn't catch that. I was just wondering, uh, after coming by a couple times, did you get written up by your program director, or could you do anything you really wanted to do in those days because you had major juice? Yeah, you know, they were really cool about stuff. Um, as long as we didn't diss the sponsors, which we did a couple of times and, and really got slapped on the wrist for, they, uh, the guy that owned KISW, the late Lester Smith, he just mm-hmm. passed away maybe a year and a half, two years ago now, um, he used to say to us, um, do what you want, uh, have fun, make people laugh, and don't get us in trouble. And that was about it. And then they just let us do stuff, you know. I mean, we were so, we were pretty naive, even though, you know, we were in our early 20s. Well, I was. I think Gary was in his 30s. And a guy used to work on Ling, and that's who I started with there, was right. also a little older. But, um, you know, there was a commercial, The Few, The Proud, The Marines, and... Um, I decided that we should make a a parody called "The Few, the Proud, the Morons," which was bad on so many levels. But we, and even to make matters worse, we ran it right next to the actual Marines commercial. So ah. that's the kind of stuff that got us in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a, you know a hundred thousand dollar account for some poor sales app that worked at the station, and he was super pissed. But yeah, for the most part, they would just let us do anything. Which again, I mean now. If if you ran those Leave it the Beaver things on the radio, terrestrial radio these days, we'd be put in prison, you know. <laughs> um, well, Mike, um, I'm not going to denigrate the current radio scene, but... Oh, go ahead, uh, Spud. I guess I'm going to. Uh, you know, why have so many great talents just been shown the door? So, I mean, it's, it, you just see a mass exodus of, of people that kind of you know, carried the industry, at least locally in this market, but obviously we can use that, you know, that description nationwide. Uh, what's going on right now, in your opinion? Well, radio, and I don't want to sound like an old fart, even though I am, uh, and, and things change, you know, everything changes. Um, it's just that most stations are owned by really large corporations, and they have a bottom line, and and that's, that's what is important to them. It's not the talent. It's not. It's not the artistry anymore. It's if uh, you can do good in a quarter hour and make money and uh, you know show up well on the uh, PPM rating thingies and all that stuff. It's just. It's. It's. Uh, it's not an art form anymore. It's just a business. And you know you could say the same thing about a couple of other industries like music. I mean, it's right. really tough to make money in music these days. Right. It's just things changed, and sometimes they change for the better, and sometimes not. I mean, it's it, it's to me, it's just so painful that radio is so is like the easiest thing to access, and yet it's really like really hard to listen to these days. And I'm really I'm sorry for that. There are a few people that are still trying to 
you know, make cool radio, but most of it is on the internet, like you guys, so. Well, I was curious where you see it in maybe the next 20 years, because will it be just like one dude in Chicago or New York and his voice will be piped into every market in America? Well, you know, that's really what the, the business model for um, Clear Channel, for example, they own KJR. Um, I heard from a, a guy that I used to work for. His name is Bo Phillips, and uh, he was a program director at KISW and worked for a major syndication company up until about a year ago called Dial Global. And he was saying that uh, Clear Channel, for example, would have one guy like Bob Rivers, and he would just beam it out to everyone, and there would be no you know, medium or small market talent. It would just be one wow. guy doing one format. Which is, man, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm, I'm just, uh, I don't know, in 20 years from now, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I mean, it's so easy to access, um, you know, your radio, uh, not your radio, your, um, an internet connection in your car. And I just drove, um, I test drive cars too. That's a scam that I'll tell you about if you want. But yeah, I drive, I, I drive a lot of, I drive a new car every week. And the technology in these cars is unbelievable. I mean, Pandora, you can... You can listen to internet radio just by, you know, saying internet radio, and that goes. It's like Siri in your car, and and you can make it do anything. It's so easy to access the internet in your car now, and I think that will be the the death of radio because mo- most people listen to radio in their car. So, mm-hmm. um, it's just uh, t- twenty years from now, I think those frequencies will be used for something else rather really? than, you know, broadcasting news or music. Huh. I'm just glad we don't have to worry about ratings on that. I know show. we'll be dead. Yeah, and you know you're point. doing you're doing what everyone else should be doing, going on the internet. Yeah, yeah. The internet is cool. Well, I, we're still in our, we're still trying to Google it and get the full grasp of of what this internet thing's about. But when when we do, we'll get back to you on that one. But don't touch that mouse. Spud and Chick's conversation with Mike West continues in just a moment. <laughs> And now back to the Spud Goodman Northwest Radio Greats special. Spud and Chick are talking to Mike West, host of Breakfast with the Beatles on KZOK. Well, Mike, I understand your son is now or has toured with Fred Armisen. You kind of must be proud. I mean, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you how you found out about that, but yes. Uh, They were just on tour uh, on the East Coast uh, this past week. Yeah, uh, my my son is a musician, and uh, he's actually making a really good living being a musician, and um, it's not because he's touring or selling a lot of CDs. He has figured out that um, the only way that musicians can make money these days is by licensing their their songs to movies, TV, Hmm. you know, commercials, stuff like that. Um, So what happened was my son released a record. His band is called Telekinesis, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a one-man deal. He plays all the instruments and stuff. And um, Carrie Brownstein, who used to write for NPR, and, you know, she was in a couple of big bands. um, Yes, she was. She she really likes my son's music, so she wrote a really nice article for NPR about his stuff and how he does it. And 
And then when this Portlandia thing came up, she said, hey, we're going to go on tour and do a little little tour thing. And uh, she said, why don't you come and play drums with us in Seattle one night? So I said, yeah, cool, that'd be great. So he did, and then the next, the next, after the show's over, she said, well, why don't you just come to Portland tomorrow night? And anyway, he ended up, you know, any time they go out on tour, he, he or she, you know, asks him to drum. So it's pretty cool, and and uh, it's bizarre, but they're like they're like best friends now, and it's it's crazy. He's he's an awesome guy, and I, you know, as far as new comedy goes, hip stuff, Portlandia, and what he does is just that's 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 the bomb for me. It's just great stuff. I just uh, yeah, I love uh, it. Yeah, it's a very they very, named very the street good after her old band. Yes, they did. I, I don't know which came first, but um, hey, yeah, uh, you currently host I a thought. massively popular program, Breakfast with the Beatles. Um, yeah. Didn't you meet Sir Paul when he was in town this last summer? Uh, sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, massively popular Breakfast with the Beatles show. I'll tell you, fellas, it gets uh, at times it gets a twenty share. Oh and my gosh! If if you look around the market, that's that's a huge number, but. What I also say is, well, then that means 80% of the other saps aren't listening. So, No, um, I, I think you're being modest there. I think a 20 shares, uh, I, I think people would kill their, uh, their, if not their wife, maybe a distant relative for that. So. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Well, it's the power of music and, and the guy on the other end being really passionate about the Beatles stuff. I, I still, you know, it's still great music. So, uh, yeah, Paul, I've I had a, actually had a chance to hang out with, I mean, it sounds... I'm not trying to sound like you know Mr. Big Shot, but I've had I've had a chance to hang out with him on a number of occasions over the years, and it's that's been like you know when I was a little kid, I was like, I'm sure every kid said someday I'm going to hang out with a Beatle. Well, I got to do it, and uh, my son actually graduated from his school in uh, Liverpool. He got his recording engineering degree there, and McCartney uh, handed his handed him his diploma, and Jeez. he's just again like Fred Armisen, really cool dude who is you know like the greatest musician in the world so yeah we took our whole family to that show we actually sat right behind dave grohl that night and uh we'd heard uh before the show that he was going to pop up on stage so it was really cool to watch him you know just being a, a, a radio dork watching this big shot being so nervous about going up to play with mccartney and his wife was going it'll be okay and come on you're gonna kick ass it was really cool it was uh very it was different levels you know here's me and then here's Dave Grohl, and then he's going to play with Paul McCartney. It was just awesome. So, yeah, that was a magical night. Just another, just another average summer night, I think. You know, what do you think? Oh man, it was like the perfect, the perfect storm. It was just beautiful. Great weather, the full moon. Paul McCartney, his voice was fa- fantastic that night, and just watching people like Dave Grohl and <laughs> all these dudes, it was fantastic. It's a good thing you're in the neighborhood. Um. <laughs> So, uh, what's been your most memorable moment to, in radio? Can you pick out just a brief story? Oh, God. Let's see. Most memorable. Well, the most the, the thing that sticks in my mind is, um, you know, I started radio in high school. There's a station called KNHC. It's, uh-huh. uh, well, oh, everybody yeah. calls it C89 now. And Nathan it's Hill? owned by the Seattle Public School District. Yeah. And it was at Nathan Hale High School. Yeah. Is at Nathan Hale High School. They just won Dance Radio Station of the Year Award, not for high school, but for the whole the whole country, which is pretty great. Yeah. Well, uh, my wife and I, high school sweethearts, um, and still married at this at this hour at least oh, um good job she she saw me the first time i went on the radio and she was looking through the window and i was so flipping nervous uh, i was with this other guy 
whose name was Keith Jackson, not the Keith Jackson. And I was so nervous, I said, and I'm Keith Jackson. I said his name. And she just, I just remember her looking at me through the window and shaking her head like, this guy's such an idiot. So that, you know, my first, the first time on the radio was my most memorable. But God, I'm, we, the, that whole group that you're talking about, we've been so lucky. We've met so many incredible people from, you know, presidents to popes to rock stars on heroin. It's just been, it was crazy, crazy ride. So, well, um, it's not over with yet for you. You, you know, you're, a 20 share, uh, it's not too bad. I think your career's doing okay. But you're also doing uh, a whole different thing, totally away from that. Evaluating cars? How, how's that working? Yeah, that's kind of a, it's a, it's a scam slash hobby. And I've done that for a f- quite a few years now. Um, I, there are um, a handful of quote-unquote journalists in every city that get cars from these people who get cars from the manufacturers. So they, they supply the cars to the journalists, and you get them for a week. And all they ask is that you do a blog or, you know, uh, mention it on Twitter or whatever. Hey, this is off the record, and, uh, right? This is not going any further. And review the car. It's a scam, total scam. But <laughs> I'm don't, liking don't it. Don't I can drive. So that's what I do. And then um, right. what I really do, you know, uh, uh, I, I'm retired from radio for the most part. This Beatles thing is just, it's a, it's just a, it's a, it's a hoot. It's just fun to do. But like a lot of radio people these days, we all have our own little home studios, and I do voice work. Um, some days I'm working in this little room eight hours a day, and some days I'm working two. So that's really what I do. Okay. All right. And uh, I bet your wife still looks at you the same way, right? Yikes. That's kind of a personal question, Jake. Anyway, well, I tell you what, I just, I really appreciate you taking uh, the time because I know you could be like doing a voiceover or something right now or evaluating a car. Oh, yeah, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. You've taken so much of my time. I know. Well, I just really appreciate it. And so, uh, if, uh, could we ever call you again sometime down the road? You can call me tonight if you'd like. Write that down. All right, we'll tell you what. No, anytime. I mean, if, if, if you, uh, yeah, listen, if you're really that hard up for a guest, you can call me. Yeah. If, if you can't get if. Pat Cashman or, well, of course, J.P. Patches is out now, so yeah, I, I don't know. know. Yeah, yeah, anytime. All right. Well, will, you we play, just, will you play Bulldog for me on Sunday? Is that is that one of your faves? Oh, yeah. I will I will play Bulldog, and there's this amazing version of Bulldog acapella, Ooh. which I'll play a little hunk of. Do you want me to dedicate it to the two of you fellas? Uh well, that could knock you down to like a two share, so you better not. I'm serious about that one. But all right, no, well, I will. I am going to do that. I just want. I'll see what happens. Uh, well, uh, you've been warned. Let's put it that way. All right, we'll really tell you what. Really good to talk to you guys, Mike. And uh, we, I'm glad we, you're still around. We just really thank you. So have a have a uh, great day, and uh, uh, we're going to be listening uh, every Sunday to Breakfast with the Beatles. And what are the hour? What when is it on again? God, when is it on? Jesus. Um, no, it's 8 to 10 <laughs> eight every to 10, Sunday, and yes. it's uh, mm-hmm. 99% of them are live. I go in there every Sunday just to get that smell of radio stations. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, we do. Yeah, that's yeah, stale year. I love and that. We'll, yes. All right, we'll tell you what. You uh, just have a great day, and thank you so much. Thanks, fellas. Uh, really an honor to talk to you. Yeah, I bet that was. But for us, it, it truly was. So thank you, and uh, take care. All right. All right Cheers. Bye. bye. Hey, thanks, Mike. Lay 
Just a regular team, your Seattle Supersonics. So how about we now move on to the rich history of great sports radio play-by-play personalities we've had the pleasure to experience in the Northwest? Oh, where do we begin, Spot? I mean, man, there have been so many memorable ones. I know, from Pete Gross, Bob Blackburn, the amazing Dave Niehaus. We have really been fortunate over the years to have those guys in our lives. Uh-huh. One more that has to be on this list is, of course, Mr. Kevin Calabro. Yes. And he is still very much with us, now working for the Pac-12 Network, doing both football and, of course, basketball. When, not if we get another NBA franchise, the deal cannot be approved by all parties unless this gentleman's on-air participation is included in the Memorandum of Understanding. Here is the one and only Kevin Calabro. Well, right now, I would like to say hello to the man, Kevin Calabro. Who's on the line, I hope? Kevin, are you there? It's Bud. How are you, Bud? What the hell's happening? How long's it been since we've spoke? Uh, it's been a long time. I, uh, I knew you as a uh, just a mere tater tot. Yep. I'll look at you. Yep. You are you are Yukon gold. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll go with that, man. I thought you could have hit me with a hard one there. Thank you for the softball. Um, Not just you the know, You're working now for the Pac-12 Network, doing football and basketball games. Do you ever... Get the catchphrases confused. Maybe yell out the Sonics in the lead and with the leather. Or I mean, I mean, most of your classics are they're but they're your classics are by sport. Like I got a couple more. I'm gonna toss them out. Like million dollar move and five cent finish. That one could go in any phase of life. Or or, or maybe just get up on the downstroke. Or and lastly, good golly, Miss Molly. Okay, I'm done with those. D- does the family get annoyed when you you know lay some of these on them at mealtime or at church? Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I, you know, I really don't lay any of them on. I've, I've, I've gone into complete and total sonic dormancy, to be honest with you. Oh, I, no. <gasps> I, don't use the, I don't use the catchphrases anymore. I do a lot of NBA basketball for ESPN Radio. Right, and, right. And I, it's, I think it, it, that's something that I, I hold uh, in reserve only for when I uh, come back and do sonic basketball games. Only then will I bring out the old catchphrases. Which will, in um, fact, happen. I, I think it will. I really do. I'm I'm very positive about it. You know, this is a great market. We have a potential of 3.3 million fans between Write that down, Chick. 3. Seattle 3. and Tacoma. And it's, it's a huge TV market. Uh, the league knows all this. It's, it's a great legacy of 41 years and an NBA championship and a couple of Hall of Famers and Lenny Wilkins and now the great Gary Payton. So... I don't. I don't think there's any question that the NBA will will come back here to Seattle. It's more than likely it's going to be as an expansion team. Yeah, I know. I that gets my heart beating too. There you go. You know, we had Sean Kemp on a month ago. Had a nice chat with him, and he dropped on us his prediction that in two or three years, both Seattle and Las Vegas would have an NBA franchise. Which that put a little pep in our step. What's your take on that one? Well, I'm not so sure about Vegas. Um, I, I I like Seattle because of the like I say the tradition mm-hmm. and the, the stability of the market. Vegas to me is too much of a it's a transient market. Um, you know there are just too many people from other towns that live in Las Vegas mm-hmm. with allegiances that are either to the Lakers or the Warriors or the Sonics. You know any any and other teams other than Vegas. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know if they can get a building built, that's what it's all about anymore. But if you can get a building done. And uh, you're you're in a market of, of reasonable size. Uh, I don't think there's any question the league's going to look favorably uh, toward you. And, and you know that's certainly the case with Kansas City. They've got the Sprint Center in downtown Kansas City. And there are a lot of people that think that uh, NBA basketball will work in Kansas City, given the market size. But you know they've got Major League Baseball, football there, obviously that really takes a large share of the market. So mm-hmm. I'm not so certain that they would expand to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So John may have a point. Vegas. Very well could be that. And you would need to, an even number of teams. Right mm-hmm. now we have 30 in the league, and That's what I don't he think said. you'd want to have an odd number for too long. Yep. You'd, you'd either bring two in at the same time, or you would phase one in and then bring another in a year or two later. All right. Hey, I have this gentleman here with me. He goes by the name of the Sonics guy. You may have heard of him. I know the Sonic guy. Oh, yeah, I've seen him. Is, I've heard him. Yeah, his life is dedicated to the return of NBA basketball to this market. Anyway, he has a question for you, Mr. Calabro. Uh, yes, uh, Mr. Kevin. Uh, uh, Kevin. Uh, Mr. Calabro, what's it like to have the best seat in the house for 82 games a year, not counting the playoffs? Yep. Is that what heaven might be like? It is the unquestionably the best job in, in sports, in my opinion, to be an announcer with a hometown team and have the kind of fans that we do here in Seattle and obviously live in this market with the great quality of life that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to be able to interact with all the great players and the characters and the coaches, certainly, uh, that have been in the, the Sonic organization and in the NBA as well, and to be merely feet away from you know from the action there center court on any given night. There's, there's really nothing like that in, in my, my experience. Uh, Can't put two hands across midcourt and averts Williams. Jump pass ahead of McMillan down the near wing. He'll pull up with the ball, have it ahead. Rolls that leather in the palms, feeds over to Cage, covered by Ellis. Michael hands off to Peyton, up fake, drives the slower Ellis into the lane. Turns the corner, stops, in midair, gives off to Kemp. He juggles it, got it, hooks it up, missed it, rebound, Cage, battling with Ellis. Saved in bounds by Peyton, right to Kemp, beneath the lid, stutter step, in he comes, block, got it back, hooks it up, no. Rebound, Kendall up, no, blocked by Williams, grabbed by Kemp, in the lane, following jumper, blocked by Williams.
you can't get close to the athletes in baseball. You can't get close to the athletes in football the way you can, or even in the NHL the way you can in, in professional basketball. When you see the size of these athletes, like a LeBron James, 6'9", 260, his ability to get in line to in line. He's a freak. And when you're, you're, you know, when you're able to see uh, Jordan and Bird and uh, Magic Johnson, you know, obviously at the height of their careers, come into the old Coliseum or the Woodshed in Tacoma or Key Arena. Boy, I, I can't think of any better situation. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, Kevin, you got to ask you. Remember back when the Ackerleys owned the Sonics? Did anyone then realize how damn lucky we were all, all of us were, to have them as stewards of the sacred franchise? And I want to put out a quick shout out to the Sonic Gate people uh, on that on that statement. So, how lucky were we? Well, I say we were very lucky because uh, Ginger and Barry Ackerley were devoted to the athletes first and foremost, making the environment as uh, conducive to success as they possibly could. They were willing to pay top dollar for performance. Uh, they were not at all satisfied with mediocrity. Right. Uh, they, had to, they had to eat a couple of coaches' contracts to improve themselves from a coaching standpoint. They were taking chances. They went out toward George Carl, who had not done well as a young coach at Cleveland and at Golden State. Uh, was over in Europe coaching in mm -hmm. uh, Madrid, Spain, and brought him over, and that turned out to be just an unbelievable success. Uh, they were very patient with a young player by the name of Gary Payton, and you look at him now 18 years later after leaving the league mm -hmm. or being a part of the league for 18 years and now in the, uh, in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could, there is one example after another of, of, of how they were shrewd. Uh, they were patient to a point and were willing to put their money you know, in into the product, and boy, if you if you witness what's gone on now, particularly yeah. here in Seattle, yeah. Mariners, yes, you can yeah. see ideally what good management and ownership can mean to the success of a club, or what uh, disinterested, in my opinion, ownership can do to a club. In the case of the Mariners, that's a very polite way of describing the Mariner front office and ownership. But hey, Mister <laughs> Coffee's real name will not be uttered back to the Sonics on my program ever. But I was wondering if you feel that there was any scintilla of evidence back then that he actually thought that the robber Baron Clay Bennett was going to keep the team in in our rightful home. Any any possibility there's a shred of truth to this thought? Then I, you would have to be incredibly naive. I didn't think so. To, Next question. Next question. To, to not know that that was that was a, a real possibility. Okay. Yeah, I, I I figured that was coming. Hey, what's the the current status of Squatch? A few of my listeners have expressed concern for him. Is he, is he homeless or living out of his car these days? Uh, he's doing well. He's in a you know in a new incarnation uh, out in, in Oklahoma City. Oh, he. Uh, oh. But you know, oh. but, but, you know uh -oh. the the Squatch him Squatch himself though is still. Uh, solely uh, affiliated with with the Sonic brand, the Sonic logo, and that will will forevermore be uh, unique to Seattle. So uh, you know they may have gotten our basketball team, but certainly not our uh, our history or our mascot no way. or our logo. That's or right. Well, I, I you know I know you got to go. I was told I only have so much time, but I want to tell you this: you have made my day, my week, my month, and my year. Kevin, by checking in with us. So, I, can we call you again sometime? But absolutely, brother. Anything for you, man. <laughs> wow. I'm gonna. Um, I could die right now. All right, Kevin. Thank you. Thank
This is Norman B. It's David Bowie, everybody. Welcome to Seattle. Thank you. Lovely to have you with us. Tell us the story you just told me. Everybody's going to be going to crack up over this one. Oh, what, my little old lady? Yes, tell us the story. I phoned up, I phoned up your number, 68-something. Yes. 4345, and obviously got one of the digits wrong. Yeah. And she said, yes, hello. And I said, uh, can I speak to Norman B, please? Will, will Norman B what? <laughs> no, I said, no, dear. Can I speak to Norman B on the radio station? She said, no, I'll, I'll have to turn the radio down, dear. So she went away and she came back again. She said, now say that again, will you? I said, I want to speak to... I said, is that the radio station? <laughs> she said, oh, no. no. I've just turned it down. Do you realise how many people would just have loved to have had that phone call from you this afternoon? You have a very busy schedule. You're on tour. You love touring. You like recording. You make the movies. <laughs> no. When do you have time just to sit back and relax? It was a Sunday. Cheryl Crow. Hi, hi, Cheryl. Hey, Norman. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you doing? I'm very well. Tell everybody where you're calling me from. I'm calling you from Puyallup. Puyallup. <laughs> there you go. How do you say it? Puyallup. Puyallup. That's why. I, I love the way you said it just a few moments ago. You said Puyallup. I'm having to sort of look, figure it out phonetically. Where did you grow up? Was it in the south somewhere? Really small town in the boot hills, Missouri. You, you've got rid of the accent, really, haven't you? Well, I haven't lived there. I moved when I was. Oh, okay. But now my family. <laughs> They definitely can tell the twang. I love that accent. I really do. I don't want to embarrass you with this, but I've, I've interviewed a lot of people over the years, and, uh, and we, you and I have done an interview before, and you're one of the nicest interviews I've ever had. I mean, I'm being totally honest about this. It's, sometimes you have people come into the studio, and they're you know, a bit grumpy, and they don't really have much to say. You're a nice guy. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Going back in time, Adam Ant started off at the same time as the Sex Pistols and Billy Idol and Generation mm -hmm. X, etc. How did you get into the business in the first place? Um, well, I saw the Sex Pistols in November 75. They supported a band I was in called Bazooka Joe. And then this morning I had to get up early and go for a jog. I had to go for a jog with you, didn't I? <laughs> to get our morning coffee. Exactly. Mm. Why we had to do that, I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest in the, uh, in the studio, she's going to be with me throughout the whole show today. It's Tori Amos. Hi, Norman. How are you? I'm really good. I love this thing we got today. This is good. This is the thing I'm getting every morning. You know how some people yeah. are into this health kick? Well, so am I. I'm into my iced mocha Half a shot on ice. 107.7, the end. I promised you I would talk to him exclusively. I'm going to talk to Mr. Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam. He's on the phone with us. Eddie, what's going on on Saturday? Um, we're not playing, and Seaweed's not playing. The city has, in fact, said the concert is not on. They're not going to allow it. Um, it came down, they were, they were, it was always something, I have to tell you, Norman. When are Pearl Jam going to be playing free in Seattle? Um, we, you know, we're going to talk to the city again. 107.7, the end, Seattle's cutting edge of rock. The time is 5.37. What's the time in England? The time in England is, uh, 1.37. 1.37 a.m., right? Saturday morning. 1.37 a.m. in England. Saturday yeah. morning. Yes, Travis. That's right, Saturday morning. <laughs> now, where do, we, where do we, Dad, now where do we go? What do we do now? Well, uh, this is Norman B's dad. Yeah. Calling from uh, London, uh, from England. Yes. And we're going over to traffic with Travis Daly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like that, a professional. 96.5 KXRX, this is Seattle Blues, and that was, of course, the one and only Robert Cray, going to be doing the New Year's Eve thing, playing in the dirt, a Seattle Blues classic. And we heard from Roy Rogers from his album Blues on the Range, Black Cat Bone, Gary Moore said, Oh, Pretty Woman, from Still Got the Blues, and we started off with White Christmas, out of New Orleans, Mr. Alain Toussaint, and talking about New Orleans, speaking to us in just a few moments' time, live and direct from New Orleans, Mr. Charles Neville of the Neville Brothers, here on The X. Running water. 
96.5 KXRX, the sound of the Neville Brothers. That gives me a shiver every time I hear it. We will play the whole record in entirety later on in the program. Talking to us in New Orleans right now, Mr. Charles Neville. Good evening, Charles. Welcome to KXRX. How are you doing, Norman? Fine, thank you. What a powerful, powerful song that is. That is incredible. You saw Sting in Home Depot? I, I, I kid you not. Oh, Every time I would no. go in there, he would be in there <laughs> buying nails and things. I don't believe I'm it. I'm serious. Sting in Home Depot. Home Depot. What would he be wearing? Anything tight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just remembering his last concert. He was, was he wearing something incredibly, tight? Incredibly, this great shirt. He's in excellent shape for his age. Moving on. What are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> the Spud Goodman Northwest Radio Greats special returns in just a moment. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Northwest Radio Greats Special. Now we're going to run an interview we did with our good friend Norman B., formerly of KCMU, KXRX, and of course, KNDD. Norman was a local radio fixture in the alternative and blues music scene, both in the Seattle and Portland markets. I miss Norman. Where is he now? He continues to host his Life Elsewhere radio show at WMNF 88.5 FM in the Tampa, Florida market. As he was a prior producer of our old cable TV show, we have a soft spot in our heart for Norman. But regardless, the man knows his music. Let's check out our interview with him. Norman B., are you on the line? I am indeed, Spud. It's so nice to hear your voice. This is cool. You are the very first in our ongoing series. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. This is going to be a series that deals with Northwest radio personalities who have vanished from the market due to corporate stupidity and greed. They basically <laughs> have wiped out many, many on-air positions, and still especially it. the veteran, i.e. higher-paid pros. You know, true or false, Norman, what do you think? Well, I, I think you've got it. You've summed it up in. Uh, you're very, as always, Bud. You're very succinct in the way you sum things up. You, Thank you've you. got it in one. Very good. Thank you. Six. So, um, where the hell are you right now, and how can our listeners find you? Yeah, you will. I have a. I have a show that goes out. It's uh, www.lifeelsewhere.co. That's C O. Um, oh, not C O M, not C O M. No, see, that's the, it's the it's the new, it's the sexy one. C O. Yeah, that's for the record. One. All right, super. Okay, we'll, so, let's say that one more time. Say that one more time. It's lifehealthware.co. Okay. Um, now, the suits and accountants at Clear Channel, Intercom, and a couple of other, there's only like a couple of others uh -huh. that own every single station in the free world, um, yeah. they really don't care that listeners, I mean, they, they, what I'm trying to say here is they could give a crap what, what listeners want, you know, except for maybe the morning drive time thing. They don't care who's on the air, do they? Well, they don't actually have anybody on the air. For most oh. most stations now, nobody's actually on the air. If you go to any of the radio stations, they're broadcasting out of Tulsa or somewhere. Their sound, they're, 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 they're taping everything, and just it's all computer-generated. There's pretty much no live radio anymore. Norman, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of evil, isn't it? Um, you know, I, I, I kind of think it might be, yeah. Hmm. Sounds just well, wrong. Well, terrestrial radio, outside of maybe live sports broadcasts, you know, uh, yes. soon go the way of, like, the 8-track? What do you think? 
Well, I think it may, it may, it may well accept. I, I have it on very good authority, Spud, and this might interest your listeners, mm-hmm. is that um, one of the big conglomerates whose initials are CC um, are mm. spending millions of dollars right now studying why people are switching to alternative non-commercial radio. Hmm. You know, they could give you a quarter and me a quarter, and we could pretty much sum it up in probably, what, Candy 30 corn. seconds? Exactly. You oh. got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, do you stay in contact with any Cookie of your cutter. old uh, peers in the Seattle-Tacoma market on, on the radio base? I do. I, well, yeah, Gary Crow is somebody that I talk to every so often. Um, uh, there's got a few other people that I, I, I sort Calico of stay in touch with. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, you've always been tuned into what's happening in the world of music, and I say the world of music. I mean, your tastes are, are varied, let's put it that way, to say the least. Mm. Um, you got anything to recommend to our listeners? There is a label out of San Francisco that I'm raving about right now called Log Lady Records that mm-hmm. I really, really like a lot. Um, check them out. There's a lot of stuff coming out of the UK right now, which I'm really, really into, particularly some of the sort of more, there's this sort of scuzzy sort of, uh, the only way to describe it is it's going back in time to this mm-hmm. this sort of, um, oh gosh, it's almost like, early progressive rock only it's more listenable does that make sense i hope it does well you're the expert i'll take it from you i'll go with that <laughs> um hey if i'm ever and you we never really did you never really did maybe you don't want this coming out but where are you living right now i i'm, I'm living in a place called florida which is um, florida, considered florida. to be the arm, armpit of the western world and it is very is, is a very strange place it really is didn't some bad stuff go down there like almost every day yeah Okay. Yes, pretty right, much every super. day something weird kind of. happens here. Yeah, okay, yeah. and you're in the Tampa area, is that correct? I am. I'm in Tampa Bay. So if correct. I'm ever yeah. in the Tampa area and I don't feel comfortable crashing at a rest stop, you know, on the freeway, could I give you a call? You can. You. You. The, the door is always open for you, Spud. You know that. And you know me, and you're still saying this. That's pretty cool. Well, I like you. Oh, well, and, well, at least that's for the record. All right. Um, so before we wrap this thing, I want you one more time to say how our listeners can, because that's part of the whole deal of this segment is we're trying yeah. to uh, locate people and also put them back on the map. So once again, where can people find you? They can find me at lifeelsewhere Co-C-O. And you know what, Spud, before I go, I want to ask you if you'll come on my show and so you can talk to my my, my listeners. You really want to contaminate that program? I, I've heard it. It's I pretty decent. I would love it. I, I, you know, it's right. between you on with yeah. All right, you got it. Just get a hold of my people, and uh, God knows I have. You know, I have a lot of people. But uh, my call my mom. Call my mom right after the show, and she'll set it up. Will do. All right, got you it. take care. Talk to you later. All right, man. Love talking to you. Bye. Thank you.
That about will do it for our little Northwest Radio Great Special episode. It kind of brought a tear to my eyes at times, putting this thing together. Is your hay fever still bothering you, Spud? It, it usually doesn't flare up at this time of year. No, no. You know, off the record, I do actually have human feelings occasionally. Living in the Pacific Northwest for many years has given us both. This opportunity to soak in the very real greatness of radio in this market. Amen. Yeah, as I kept pounding on in most of these segments, the industry bigwigs have destroyed terrestrial radio, killed it dead. I mean, sure, some portions of it will keep breathing for a while, but rest assured, funeral arrangements are now being made as I speak for the billions sank into this racket by a few multinational corporations, right? Yes, absolutely. All right, that is both tragic and hopeful for what rises from the ashes could possibly be something very cool. We can always hope. Yeah, I mean, time's gonna tell what the future will bring us, but to the aspiring future radio personalities out there, hey, keep up the good fight, as there will always be a demand in some form for local radio. We just don't know what the exact model will be. Now, hey, right? Now, by myself, I can hardly wait to see what the future will bring us. Well, we sure as hell won't be around when that uh -uh. day comes. You know, but that's all right. You know, old blood out, new blood in. As it should be. That's right, the circle of life, which also is in radio. Hakuna Matata. Yeah, that too. Uh, so, for Chick Hunter and myself, Spud Goodman, be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and adios. You've been listening to the first 
Spud Goodman Radio Greats Special. This program was written by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman. Executive producer is Laurie Madsen. Associate producer is Derek Schneider. Audio engineering by David On One Hansen and Brian Martin. Produced at the facilities of Rosedale Audio and NWCZ Radio. Copyright 2013 Spud Goodman Productions. Join us again next week for another episode of the Spud Goodman Radio Show with Chick Hunter. And remember to support local broadcasting both on the internet and over the air. Well, don't go away. There's still more Northwest music in store. To take us up to the top of the hour, some selections culled from Spud's personal collection of Northwest music. To start out the first set, here's the Frantics with Fog Cutter.
with Like No Other Man. Before that, the Fabulous Whalers with Tall Cool One, and starting off the set was the Frantics with Fog Cutter. We now have a Dawn and the Good Times triple play. Starting out this set, Little Latin Loopy Lou. Loop a loop and put them down, down, down. If you want what you say, see the best for my ride. Hey, 
Well, that was Turn On Song by Dawn and the Good Times. Before that, Little Sally Tease, and starting out this Dawn and the Good Times triple play set, Little Latin Loopy Lou. Now, here are the bards with Light of Love. When I look in your eyes, I see the light. The light of the burning ever so bright. But why can't you see the light of love? Shining in my eyes like the stars above. Long 
Well, that was the Beachcombers with Farmer John. Before that, the Galaxies with Along Comes the Man. And starting off that set was the Bards with Light of Love. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Yeah.